you. Thank you so much. I feel very honored. I really appreciate it. I feel very, very honored. Um, oh. Well, I have a, a, a unique approach uh, to, to uh, the uh, amazing Christian life we're living tonight, and God's given a unique, unique uh, word. So I know you'll enjoy it. Um, but first I want to say this uh, from the First Corinthians chapter 1, introduction. And I relate it to you as a church. Um, it's again from the message. The message is a very unique uh, uh, book. It's not uh, called a Bible yet. Um, it's it's a, uh, in, in a way, it's a paraphrase, kind of like the Living Bible was um, labeled as, as a more of a paraphrase. And uh, when I was growing up in a, 70s as a, as a Christian here, I was told not to touch the Living Bible. In fact, it was sort of like outlawed from our bookstore <laughs> with the minister I was with, and it was like, do not get in that Bible because, you know, uh, it's too liberal. And uh, years later, after I, you know, left the ministry that I was with and started a current ministry, I got a hold of the Living Bible. And now I see it's very uh, deliberating. It's just a little bit to the right. Thank you. It's, it's bringing freedom, but sometimes religious brothers uh, don't want too much freedom. You know? But I love the, the Living Bible today. I highly recommend to read it. And of course, the team that made the Living Bible, uh, the, 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 they now work further into making it a real translation, and it's called the New, the new Living Translation. Uh, that is qualified as a translation because it's, uh, there's certain specification to call something a translation. Um, I'm going through that label because labor was playing because I'll read this and I just want you to get the spirit of it. Uh, but I'm personally involved with translating the Bible in Bulgarian language. I don't talk much about it with your family. For 12 years, I have supported a team of uh, five or six people who full-time continuously worked on coming up with new translation in the Bulgarian language, my language. I love the Bulgarian Bible, and there it is, and touches me deeply, especially the Book of Psalm, more than any other American translation. Uh, so I love the Bulgarian Bible, and this year I began to read it again. First, first you know, thing I, my eyes made on uh, this, the beginning of the year of the Bulgarian Bible, and I thought it was amazing. And so, the Lord is touching me tremendously to the Book of Psalms. The Book of Psalms in Bulgarian was how I learned to talk to God, because I was a group of communist and didn't know how to talk to God. So when I had become born again, I didn't know how to approach God, what to say, and uh, I didn't speak English well. And so, so I said, Lord, what do I do? I hardly know you. <laughs> I don't know how to approach it properly. <laughs> so he says, well, read the book of Psalms to me. And that became my language of talking to the Lord. And so David and those who wrote the book of Psalms became my teachers and mentors in how to approach God, what to say, and how. It's amazing. So anyway, so I'm uh, finished with, almost finished with retranslating this one uh, in a contemporary English and Bulgarian language with a full strong concordance accompanied in the New Testament, full strong, and a lexicon accompanied that. It's a powerful work. And thank you for those who have been supporting us monthly because part of our support goes to creating a, 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 a book that is very highly respected by the secular community because of the a lexicon is a, considered to be a, a Bulgarian treasure uh, in the literature world. It's, a, it's high respect. Of course, we've used uh, secular professors who are experts in Greek, Asian Greek scholars to edit our work, so they've known about it, but they marvel and it's in every secular library all over the nation. That particular book is very highly sought out, so I'm really proud of the team and what they did. So anyways, I'll, I'll read this and bless you with as an as a introduction, and it says, 
says in the message of 1 Corinthians uh, 1, verse probably 2 or 3, it says, every time I think of you, and I think of you often, I thank God for your life, a free and open access to God, given by Jesus. There is no end to what has happened in you, beyond speech, beyond knowledge. The evidence of Christ has been clearly verified in your lives. Just think, you don't need a thing. Just think, you don't need a thing. You've got it all. Just say it, I've got it all. All God's gifts are right in front of you. Talk about blocks of chocolate candies and candy shop. All of God's gifts are right in front of you as you wait expectantly for the Master Jesus to arrive for the in the scene of the finale. And not only that, but God Himself is right alongside you, keeping you steady and on track until things are all wrapped up by Jesus. God, who got you started in this spiritual adventure, share with us the life of His Son and our Master, Jesus. He will never give up on you. Never forget that. He will never give up on you. Never forget that. And I say that as as American now, by choice. You know, I was born communist, and I was raised to hate America, actually. When I was in the Army, I was trained. I was a gunner in a Russian tank. And I was every target, the practice target, was American. I was trained to kill you. <laughs> Aren't you glad I got saved? <laughs> now I'm throwing joy bombs and shooting it with love bullets. And <laughs> but as American now, I say this. God will never forget America. Don't ever forget that. Because of what he has poured into this nation, what he has carved this nation, he has chosen this nation for his purposes, for his glory. And he's uh, using this beautiful nation for his fulfillment of his covenant and for his purposes on earth. So continue to bless this country. And... If there's any problem out there, well, let's find it between us and clean it out between us. And then they'll change. Because the Bible says that the world is peripheral to the church. So if they're, if they're having an orphan spirit out there, let's make sure we don't have an orphan spirit. Let's, let's make sure we got the Abba Father spirit. If there are big needs out there, let's find out that Jesus meets all our needs. Let's, let's discover how Jesus paid in full to meet all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. Oh! Our message is very simple. The message of the gospel is about who Jesus is and what he did on the cross. To pay in full to meet every need of humanity. Not just barely, but with an out-of-all-proportion solution. I declare it over you. You have the out-of-all-proportion solution for every problem of humankind. You have it. And, and this is one of the churches that is going to experience it, the I don't need a thing spirit. Because I got Jesus Therefore, I got it all. That's what Jesus died for. He died to meet completely all our needs according to his riches. And Psalm 23 declared it way before time, way before today. David declared in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And he was not in some uh, king's palace at the time. He was in the pursued by uh, by Saul to be killed. He was with a, a little group of renegades and you know, no goods. 
and they were the only ones that hang around him. <laughs> you know, so he wasn't in a in a wonderful situation. He was very in a very difficult situation in the caves and running away for his life. But yet he wrote this glorious psalm, The Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I don't need a thing in plain English. Come on. Come on. Give me give me the give me the Psalm twenty three look at least. Come on, let's let's at least look look like the Old Testament at least. Let's start there and transition. The Lord is my shepherd. I'll, I'll read it from the Amplified just a little louder. So you can hear it and drown every other lying voice out there and remind you that the Lord is our shepherd. And who is our shepherd? Isaiah says, the, the lamb is their shepherd. The lamb is our shepherd. The lamb of God is our shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. He is the lamb of God. So we're actually following a lamb. Hallelujah. Hello, lambkins of God. The Bible says he is not a big, big old sheep lamb, but he is a baby lamb. Lambkin is the Greek word for the lamb of God. Is a lambkin. So it's a small lamb, baby lamb. Um, I grew up on lamb meat, you know. Well, very seldom in, in Easter and occasionally. It's not like every day, but when we did have a lamb, it was truly a lamb. And in America, when I eat lamb and I get a leg of lamb, the leg is this big. So it means that the lamb is this big if the leg is. <laughs> but in Bulgaria, the whole lamb is this big. Because it's really a lamb, a baby lamb. That's the lamb we eat. They haven't uh, eaten grass yet. There's a lamb that is just sucking lamb. And that's the, the, the lamb that, that the prophet Samuel uh, sacrificed to the Lord in response to the need of God's people. They were in dire straits in need because the enemy has taken over them economically politically in every way, and it's ripping them off and stealing and making them in slaves. And, and they ran to the prophet, and the prophet uh, responded to the cry of the people. They said, help us. You have relationship with God. At the time, people did not have direct relationship with God. It, it was Moses or the prophets or, or certain deliverers. You know, but now we have direct relationship with the Lord. We don't have to run to a prophet. We welcome a prophet under them. We don't have to run to them to ask them to pray for us. We can ask our daddy personally, directly. You don't need an intermediator. You don't need anyone. In, in that sense, we need each other like a body. But, but you have a direct access to the Lord himself. That's what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And so everything that, 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 that Samuel did... He did it prophetically. He took a suckling lamb as a response to the plea of God's people. He took a suckling lamb, a baby lamb, exactly what the lamb of God is, and sacrificed it. By doing that, he pointed to what God is going to do with his son on the cross uh, years later. And and so, so just like every other sacrifice in the Old Testament, every other deliverance in, 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 in the Old Testament is a pointing at what Jesus is going to do. For the whole world. And so in this case, in this amazing uh, situation, he, he offered the lamb, which is the proper thing to do. Remind God of what, what his son is about to do. Remind God and honor God about his plan of how to save his people. And he did the right protocol. He, 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 uh, he honored Christ. And with offering the lamb, God immediately responded. As the smoke of sacrifice came up, God spoke, and with his voice, with the sound of his voice, he thundered over the enemy. He thundered over the enemy, and that's what the cross came to thunder over the enemy and destroyed. He destroyed the resistance of the enemy. They went in panic. They went in panic. And that's what Jesus came to do, to make the enemy go panic. And it's very easy to push out a panicking enemy who already in a panic. Don't know what's going on. They're confused. They're in a panic. They're in a chaos. And basically, that's the real state of the enemy. They're chaotic. 
it takes takes the the word of the Lord, it takes the sound of what to expose that panicking. And all of a sudden, everybody see, hey, don't be afraid of the devil. They're in a panic. They're panicking. They're crazy. They're lunatics. They're, they're deluded. They're in delusion. They're in confusion. Don't think that enemy is very organized. They're confusion. They're distorted. They're a mess. And they're destroyed through that, through the confusion. But when God exposes them, they become the confused mess. And the Israelites push them outside the border of Israel. And the deliverance is so amazing, so so deep in the in the enemy's DNA that they never came back. They never crossed back the territory of Israel. And this is a prophetic drama of what the body of Christ is carved out to be. To be a no trespass territory for the enemy. And with the preaching of the gospel, we're raising the shields of protection of the body of Christ. Moms and dads, you have the privilege and you have the, the, the responsibility to keep the protection of the Lord over your children. You have such authority, not just over your children, but you, if you step into what the Lord has done, you have authority over your neighborhood. You, you, you have some say with the state of your neighborhood. You have something to say with the rampant crime over your neighborhood. We have something to say about abusive crimes over your neighborhood. And if you step in even further, it can change the, the climate of your entire city, of your entire region. And this is what we've come here to do, is to strengthen in your hands, to strengthen in what you're doing, and to empower you. Because the cross has paid for utter destruction, the enemy's power and control over you as sons and daughters. Do not accept anything less than utter and total destruction of the enemy right before your eyes. This is what Jesus paid for. And I say, let us honor the Lord and the price he paid for, for accomplishing a total freedom for the people of God and destroy every type of slavery that the enemy is trying to impose on people, be it a slavery of, of financial slavery or be it a slavery of emotional slavery, of, of depression and suicide spirits and discouragement and and rejection, all these are enemies, different types of enemy, let alone the enemy of cancer, which Jesus paid in full to be destroyed. And I declare the body of Christ a cancer-free zone by the power of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. And all you have to do is receive that. You don't have to strive at it because the faith of God will do the rest if you just receive it and agree with me. In the name of Jesus, Jesus indeed has paid the power. We don't have to huff and puff and, and, and spend millions of dollars. We have the power, the destructive power of the cancer cells. Just within ourselves, within ourselves, within our own agreement, we have the power to experience in our lifetime that the body of Christ is a no trespass zone for, for cancer cells. In fact, None of the terminal disease have any authority and power when it comes to the blood of Jesus because something greater than the Passover blood of lamb over the doorpost is here tonight to protect you and your body and your mind and your soul and the children and your family and to protect you, something greater than the Passover. For those of you who don't know the stories of the Passover, the Old Testament, please read it so that you can feast on just the types and the shadow of which you have the real fulfillment here through the blood of Christ. And in the Old Testament, as the, as the, as the, as the, uh, the final stages of the Exodus, when the enemy still kept the control and tried to keep the power and the controlling the people of God, the Lord with great signs and wonders, you know, revealed his name, Yahweh, his redemption name, his redemptive name, and how he redeemed the children of God from the control and the tyranny of Egypt type of, type of the world by destroying, like a destruction derby, one after another, every god, every deity, every, every uh, machinery and every kind and everything, every strongholds of the enemy, destroying... <laughs> And there was clear line of demarcation. 
and here's the Goshen land, and here's the, 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 the Egyptian, and all the calamities and all the destruction of, of, of uh, what God brought through one man, Moses. Yet someone greater than Moses is here. One man, Moses. Stuttering man, of course, he had his brother to help him talk, but okay, two men. But it was really one man and his little speaker, his brother. But look at one man did. He caused a destruction of the entire system of slavery. This is a type of Christ. The destruction of, 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 of Egypt, the system of the world, is a type of Christ. And Christ sacrificed himself greater than even Moses. He sacrificed himself to destroy the entire system uh, over the body of Christ so that no world system, no economical, emotional, spiritual, and every kind of a way, as, uh, any, any system has authority and power over the people of God. In an even greater way than over Israel, it was a sign and a wonder of what's yet to come. Come on. The destruction of the slavery of Egypt is, is just a shadow and a type where Jesus came to destroy. So that every, there's no power or anything has power, authority, or energy to mess with you. Because you're God's sons and daughters. Your bodies is like territory of heaven. Your, your body is like an a, 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 uh, ambassador, embassy. You are, of course, the ambassadors, but your body is the house, the embassy in which ambassadors live. And embassies, you cannot trespass. You can't just go in there. <laughs> you have to follow protocol. There's no body exerting, uh, you know, authority over the embassies of another nation. And you're the embassies of heaven. You have to see it. 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 Look at it long enough until until you stop looking at the billboards of this world or religion or whoever you've been looking until you see the billboards of God and say, you're my people. You're my embassy. You're my ambassadors. Through you, I release the reconciliation, anointing of peace for the whole world. Through you, I release the liberty which I paid in full through you. But would you receive it first? Would you honor it? Would you honor this freedom I came to set you free for? Would you accept it? Would you entertain it? Would you, would you love it? Would you enjoy it? Would you, would you get busy enjoying? Listen, Christianity is, like a, is to be looked at almost like a dream. Too good to be true, Psalm 126. It's too good to be true. And don't mock that because it's true. It's true that it's too good to be true. It is true. But don't you, be, don't you be a cut. Don't you get cut mocking. And just saying, oh, well, you know. Because Psalm 126 says, it seemed like a dream. 126, it seemed like a dream. Too good to be true. When God returned the signs, exiles, that is a type of salvation. That's exactly what Jesus did. He took, he took us out of slavery. He took us out of the land of bondage, out of the world of bondage, out of the spheres of bondage, and he, he rescued us and He transferred us into His kingdom. Not that someday in heaven, but right here to declare, to insult the spirit of the enemy that decided to say, you're not good enough, you're not great enough to save your people, says, yes, I've come to save my people from all their sins. I came to destroy the power of sin so they're not slaves of sin. And sin is a type of the world. Sin, sin is a dominion. It's not, it's not a verb. Not, most of the usage of the word, the word sin in the, Old Testament, in the New Testament is not a verb. It's a noun. It's an entity that controls and tries to control and tries to make you act like that entity. Sin is a, sin is a, a dominion, a power, a, a, a kingdom, a control that tries to control tries to distort, tries to mess, tries to pervert everything. But Jesus came to destroy that, that perversion over you and set you free to be pure and holy and beautiful and desirable and gorgeous and glorious without any spot, without any wrinkles. That's what Jesus paid for. By the way, expect tonight to look younger when you go home. 
I'm not making that up. The Lord has given me the sign of uh, removing wrinkles and spots. Spots, he removed from me. I, I had a huge age spot. And if you go to globalcelebration.com, uh, uh, by the way, if you, if you, thank you for uh, sowing into that triumphant journey. Uh, this summer, we're going to go and start with the gypsies, feed them like we would buy a whole herd of sheep. And June's going to feed them, and then all going to Greece. I'm going to follow the steps of Paul all throughout Greece and Turkey to see all the places where he preached that glorious gospel of the total, utter destruction of the enemy and deliverance from the power of the enemy. So join us and by going to globalcelebration.com and say, I want to go with you. And we're just going to just have an amazing journey. So, so when you go to their website, uh, you see my old picture there from eight years ago, five years ago. The big edge spot is gone. The Lord removed that. And then we were in a Youngstown, and this lady who was in her early to mid-40s, I cannot exactly identify, was 44, 45, and, and she said during the worship while we're doing a conference, like the Science and Wonder Conference, identical conference called the Science and Miracle Science and Wonder. You can Google that. You can see it. It's, a, it's actually on YouTube, a testimony. She said, during the worship, she experienced a tingling, a tingling around her face, which is unusual for her, never felt that. And uh, so after worship, she went to the ladies' room and looked at the mirror. Wow. All her wrinkles were completely gone. Completely gone. And she is looking, and she says, look at my face. My children, it's like the skin of my children. My children are shocked to see me because they know the wrinkles are high, and now they're gone. Perfect, beautiful skin, like eight years old. Beautiful skin. Wrinkles gone, spots gone. So what does that remind you? He's preparing for himself a glorious bride without spot or wrinkle. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Colossians 1, 1, 30, he has rescued us from the power of aging. What says darkness? But there are enough instances in the word of God in the, in the Old Testament to declare that God is ageless and he can infuse his agelessness on his people when he wants to, to demonstrate his authority over time and over aging. He can age wine faster than normal, or he could take some of the age off of you, like he did it over all of Israel while they were believing. So all the believing generation, not the ones who disbelieved, the ones who disbelieved dragged their feet and, and, and ended up slowing down the, the nation of Israel, taking over their destiny, so they dragged, but they ended up dying. One after another. But those who believe, something happened to them. They never were sickly. Never were sick. They were in perfect health. Those who believe they were entered into that supernatural of God is available for you today. They walked into the supernatural and their food was supernaturally provided. All provision in the most unlikely place. They even had the money, but there was no stores to buy nothing. But God provided food where there was no food to buy. He provided food. And then he provided the drink because it was a desert. And God provided a drink because there was a rock that was giving them drink. A rock followed them and giving them drink. Imagine. Rolling stones giving them drinks. I'm just joking. <laughs> the Bible says, rock to follow, and the rock is Christ. It was a type of shadow of Christ, of the divine provision of the Son of God, who manifested early on for those who believe. And says, I will, I will give you drink. You will never be thirsty. I will satisfy you. Uh, I, will, I will feed your flock. I will feed your little ones. I will drink. Or provide drink. And then, if you look at your shirt, you notice uh, it's not wearing out. If you look at your heel of your shoes, you notice something, they're not wearing out. 
supernaturally God sustained the wear and tear. And for your information, you don't have to retire. You could if you want to. But whatever you do, don't plan on going to a living assistance place. Plan on maybe assisting others. But do not plan of dysfunctionality. Don't even prepare for it mentally, emotionally, or physically, or financially. God, will con- God can continue to supply you financially, emotionally, like He can make fresh wealth through you, even all the way through your, all the way to heaven. He can continue to use you to create fresh wealth and, and, and continue to sustain your health. Do you know the Bible says in Psalm 103, you're always young in His presence? Just keep looking at him. You're going to find a wonder that you're, you're renewed. Your youth is being renewed. And you're not as old as everybody else should be. You're setting a new trend. You're, you're remaining young. You're remaining young. Your energy is still there. And you're functioning all the way to heaven's gate. You don't have to plan and, oh, well, after 70, I'm going to be just, just doing nothing. And, I, and no, no, don't plan on that because God has got enough energy and enough excitement. You know what, what's making you age, personally? It's bad experiences and succumbing to depression and staying there and letting it kill you, basically. Don't do that. Don't stay there. You have all the acceptance of the Lord, all the blessings of the Lord, all the bliss of God, all the pleasures of God, all the joy of the Lord to experience, to feast on. But start feasting now when you have the natural energy. Start feasting now. The plan of the Christian, as it says here, it's, it's, it's a dream. It's like a dream. We're too good to be true. We come, we come from Zion, from the slavery. We laughed. We sang. We couldn't believe our good fortune. We were the talk of the nations. God is so wonderful to them. God was so wonderful to us. To us, we are one happy people. This is the popular saying about Christians. We want happy people. We want happy people because we're happy and holy. The world wants us happy but not holy. The religion wants us holy but not happy. But Jesus, but Jesus paid for both. Holy and happy. Holy and happy. Holy and happy. Holy and happy. You have to experience happy holiness. Or you have to experience holy happiness. Either way, this is your lot. This is your portion. This is what he paid for. You are joint in joyous with Christ's allotment. I'm quoting the scripture. Co-heir with Christ Jesus. You're joint in joy. One translation. I welcome you to enjoyment. For enjoyment. Who wants to be Christian if you got lemon face and you know, who wants to become like you? Hey, I got enough problem already. I'm, a, I'm sour already, so I don't want another sourness. I'm depressed already. I'm religious already. I don't need another religion. <laughs> but Jesus came to take away the Ishmael look off of your face and to give you Isaac face. Have a, a good, fat Jewish face. I'm chosen face. The face that says, I'm chosen to display the magnitude of my Creator. I'm chosen to display the, 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 the deliciousness of Abba, the greatness of Abba, the supernatural, superhuman quality of my Father. I'm from above. My natural Father could not have me. When He could have children, He created an Ishmael. But He is done creating anything. So my father's loins were dead, and my mother's womb was always no good. And God chose purposefully two people who were, humanly speaking, no good to show how great he is, how delicious he is, how wonderful he is. And he created me through dead loins and dead womb. That's Isaac's testimony. So he can take perfectly no good uh, humanity, no good economy, no good banking system, and transform everything to show how generous he is, how great he is, and that he has authority over the spirit of greed. Because 
There's nothing wrong with the American economy. It's one of the strongest and best economy this world has ever seen. If you, if you travel like me, you can notice there's always growth. There's construction in half the airports. Everything is growing. There's nothing wrong with the economy, but it's being manipulated by greedy bankers, greedy people who just want to make money from when it's down, money when it's up. And if, you're, if you are listening to, what's his name? Dow Jones. I don't know. I don't know that person personally, but he is a one schizophrenic mind. He can never make up his mind. One day is up, one is down. Please don't listen to his mindset. It's not right. <laughs> I, for one, have my daddy tell me what to do economically. My economy is from heaven. My dad commands special blessing on me. He commands special blessing, and, and my life produces three times the blessing that I actually work for. Because I'm a type of Israel. Because when God was uh, when God was ordaining the, the economy, Israel says, every sixth year, what I want you to do is forgive every debt to everybody. So six years, you can exploit each other, and you can, if you're outsmarting each other, okay, fine, but by sixth year, seventh year, forgive everything. Send slaves home, that's the decree of the nation of Israel. You want an idea about how to change America? Just, just hear what the Lord is saying. This I'm going to govern your nation. And that's what I declare over the United States. By the way, United States bankers used to give loans for seven years only, and that's it. Because they were the early bankers. Because the fear of God was on them. And they knew how God governs and how God rules, and they had too much fear of God to, 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 uh, to go past that. Because God says to the economy of a nation, I want you to forgive the seventh year everything. And when you do that, guess what I'm going to do for you? I'm going to bless you because you forgive each other. You release each other. You're not enslaving anybody. So all the, my children of Israel are free from each other, which is what Jesus came to do. He didn't just come to set you free from your sins. He came to set you free from you. And he came to set us free from you. And he came to set us free from each other. So we're not enslaving each other. We're not tormenting each other. But we're loving each other. We're forgiving each other. Hi, Suzanne. I love you. I miss you. Perfect timing. And I will commend my special blessing. You forgive each other economically, financially. Set yourself free. So nobody in Israel wakes up enslaved by nobody. You do this, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to bless you so lavishly that everything will produce three times as normal its increase without more effort. So you're not going to work three jobs to make three times more money. You're going to that same job, but it's going to produce three times more income for you. That's what I'm going to do for you. And there'll be so much money on the sixth year. This is the blessing on the sixth year. That's where the forgiveness of sin comes. I mean, forgiveness of the debt. Debt-free existence, what every born-again believer was created for. Debt-free existence. Paid in blood by Jesus Christ. He says, the sixth year, I, I want you to release everybody, and I'll bless it by September. The harvest will be beyond your, the imagination. Everything goes three times bigger. You'll pay for the seventh year, so I'm going to give you a year off. So you don't work the entire seventh year. That's my economy for you. That's how I think of you. I think I want you to rest as a nation for a whole year and, and come to, you know, blazing fire every day for a whole year. I pay the rent. I have, you don't have to work. I pay your salary. I pay your rent for your house. I paid all the mortgage. Everything is completely taken care of, so not a care in the world. So you can worship me without a care in the world. And I just quoted Zechariah. Because that's what he prophesied. When he finally, his mouth came, when his voice came, John the Baptist, father, he says, declare deliverance. You rescue from the enemy and situate that we can worship him all the days of our lives without a care in the world. All the days of life. Not one of the days of his, his, uh, Samuel as he was the prophet of Israel. Not one, all the days of his life. 
the authority of God was, was on the enemy, and the enemy could never cross the territory of Israel all the days of Samuel's life. So much authority on one prophet who was in line with the righteous relationship with God. So much authority on one prophet. Come on, prophetic generation. Let's stand up for our nation and raise the shield of the cross because Jesus, uh, uh, Paul says, I boast in nothing but the cross of Jesus because that cross, the cross has formed a permanent barrier between us and the world and the world and the body of Christ. We have a barrier. The cross of Jesus is a barrier. Permanent barrier. Stay this side of the cross. Raise, raise the, the bear, the protection of the cross through your faith, through your trusting it, through your speaking about it, through your boasting. How about going to a boast? How about a year of boasting? Oh, 11, a year of boasting, 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 boasting in nothing but Jesus and the cross because that cross forms a permanent barrier between you and the world, between your family and the world, and the world and your family. Its control is broken, stops at the cross, stops at the bloodline of Christ, stops at the blood that is poured all over his people. Something greater than a Passover is here. The Lamb of God personally has shed entire blood to cover all his people. And he, the, the destruction spirit cannot cross. That's what I believe. That's what I'm so excited. That's what, that's what makes me at 60 feel like 30. And it's true. And that's available for everybody who believes. Come on, you could be the Joshua and the Caleb of God. And at 80, are there any agents? At 80, he swings the sword like he's 40. Come on, somebody. It's Caleb. Entering in the supernatural, superhuman energy that God enkindles. The Old Testament. Paul benefits from the same. He says, I'm an apostle and I labor unto heaven as birthing Christ among the Gentiles. Birthing Christ in this world. And you're the apostolic generation that continues to carry that apostolic assignment to birth Christ in people. And when the religion comes and distort that, distort the image, taking the eyes of the people off the finished works of the cross and putting them in something else that is unfinished and never finished, continue another self-improving story, another, another newer up, upgrade self-improving manual. You, you come in apostolically and say, hey, let me put your eyes on the finished. Let me put your eyes where on the final and total defeat of the enemy and the destruction of the enemy. Let me put your eyes and get you to start praising the Lord and get you the halal wild Jewish praise. Rather than sitting cowering in that self-made religion that's trying to seduce you, how about opening your eyes wide open and check Calvary all over again and see it's in fact every power of the enemy has been defeated, disarmed, the enemy is not armed. The enemy is actually disarmed. And you need to join the global celebration and begin to release the triumphant accomplishment, the triumphant accomplishment of our Lord Jesus, Yeshua the Messiah. Come on. We need praises. We need bold Jewish boasters. Come on, get bold and boast before the Lord about what He has done over your family. Boast for the Lord over your finances. Boast for the Lord over your land, over your property, over the house that you don't have yet. You're going to have it. Boast about the Lord. He paid for you to have a house. You are His house. You are His house. How much more? I mean, he paid such a price for you to be his home. Am I spitting on you? 
I need a drum shield or something. Sometimes I get scared. You are the house. He paid price for you. Precious price. Uncalculable to make you a home. Wouldn't he give you a little bit of a thing of two by fours? Come on, a sheetrock. You're, you're belittling. Let's not dishonor the Lord. Just look at it as nothing. The price of the house that the banker says you don't qualify is a lie. It's nothing compared to the price he paid for you to be a house. Stand on it and say, Lord, you pay such high price for my body to be your home. You'll be an embassy of God. You will give me a house that looks as like an embassy. I'm standing and declaring an ambassadorial type looking house for you. With rooms enough to bring every missionary and every... Come on. Come on, this church is going... Come on, they have more than, more than one church here. These churches are growing. They are new wine churches. They are fresh. This is a new generation of churches here. And they are growing and exploding. Over in Santa Cruz, we have another one going. We have churches, new generation churches. Beth, Bethel over there, there's so many exploding with the new freshness. The new freshness. The new freshness. The freshness that only adoring Christ provides. The freshness when we honor the Lord and we boast. Boast is a, like braggadocious. Come on, get braggadocious about Jesus. Braggadocious. Come on, just get wild and bragging and boasting about what he has done. And he'll have, he'll have the house. Oh, the bankers are lying to you. You are more than qualified. Christ qualified you on the cross to have your own house. Big one. Big enough to, to have the missionaries. And because these churches are going wild and crazy big, they're going to have conferences from all over the world coming to drink and feast of that lamb feast. Come on, church of God. You're made for feasting. Not worrying, but feasting. You are no less than a Jewish home inside the protection and eating. What are the Jewish doing during, during the Passover? They're eating, they're feasting. They're eating, they're feasting, they're eating, they're feasting. This is a type of Christ, shadow of what Jesus paid for you to do. Have a feasting celebration in your home with your family to experience the pleasures of the Lord, the pleasures of eating Him. They're not eating just anything, they're eating lamb. You get it? They're protected by the blood, they're eating lamb. And, and taking all the leaven out, which is type of mixtures, type of add-ons, type of man-made religion. Kick that, uh, you know, type of, you know, Egypt, kick that, that type of religious systems. Kick the add-ons, kick the leaven, kick the mixtures out. And be who I made you to be. Unleavened bread. As you indeed you are. And that is, I guess, the, 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 the center of my, of, of, of the, the, the kind of the type of a message that I'm bringing. Uh, contrary to everybody's message, which even I preach about renewing of the mind and change, and you're always up for change. You know, and I'm not against change at all. But the greatest change is to remain exactly what God, God made you to be. Of course, it's a process. Of course, it takes time. takes time to renew. My, my wife says, Christianity is like watching a Discovery Channel. It's an endless discovery. It's like watching Discovery Channel. What do we do with Discovery Channel? We see something that we didn't know. Wow, look at the birds. I didn't know they did that. Look at that. Wow, how they made and how they sing and how they raise their children. Oh my goodness, I didn't know the butterflies did this and that. And well, they did. Now you find out. But guess what? They did it all along. And that's what Jesus is saying. Listen, I made you beautiful. I made you perfect. I made you to be the dream of the nation. I made you to be the happiest people on earth. Ask him. Ask him. Say, Lord, what did you make me? Show me. 
Why did you make me when you make me new? When will you make me your own? What did you make me? And let him, let him give you the vision, the picture of what he made you. And then, don't let any add-ons come in and mix. In the book of Corinthians chapter 4, uh, 1 Corinthians, it talks about remove the leaven. Remove the leaven from your midst so that you can be unleavened bread as you indeed you are. In other words, the Father, the Father is saying, be who you are, be who I made you. Don't allow the mixtures to alter. You know, yeast, it, it puffs, it changes, distorts. Yeast is like a type of sin. It distorts, it, 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 you know, it adds something strange. So I say, don't change. Contrary to every voice, that says, change, change, change. Okay, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree. But just for a moment, humor me. Just hear this. It could be the Lord is saying something to you. Maybe in a different way. Maybe in some sort of a, kind of a funny way. Maybe like humorous or maybe like, I don't know, creative way. But look at it. There's every evidence. There's every evidence. Every evidence in the Bible that he... husbands here. Show the same kind of love to your wife as Christ showed to the church when he died. He showed. He showed. He showed the love that no other deity shows to his worshipers. He is the only God who loves you more than himself. He can worship him doing something righteous because he is the only one. He can be purely worshipped. He's not going to his head. He gave himself. He's pure. He's not an idol. He's not a false god. He's the only god he is worth worshipping because he gave his life. He worshipped. He, he, he loves his worshippers, his church, more than himself. That's why he's worthy to be worshipped more than anyone else. Because he lo- he's the only one who loves you more than himself. So you can go ahead and worship him like it's out of control, like it's out of style. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You can be a worshiper that defies all the culture, gods, and false gods, and idols of this culture. And stand for worship, the only one is worthy to be worshipped. Fearless, 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 fearless because love, when you fall in love, love, it makes you absolutely fearless. Make everything irrelevant to you because love makes you lose your mind. And I'm inviting you to fall in love. You don't have to huff and puff and try to push for love. No, you fall in love. Come on, anybody that's falling in love know what I'm talking about. It's effortless. You didn't, you didn't try. You didn't try to fall in love. It happened to you. didn't even know what was happening. You're gone. That's what Christianity is all about. You don't got this, you got nothing. You got religion. But his Christ is Christianity about falling in love. Remain in love. I know you fell in love. You wouldn't be here. You fell in love. That's why you become a Christian, because we fall in love. 
Stay in love. Stay in love. Remain who you are. Remain in love. I need you to remain in love. Be my brothers in love. Not brothers-in-law, but be my brothers-in-love. Be my brothers-in-love. Be my family. Be my family in love. Be my brothers and sisters in love. Remain. You're beautiful. Remain. Don't let the mixtures... The mixtures always want to come. Different types of mixtures. In Corinthians, there were sexual mixtures. In Galatians, there was spiritual mixtures. Don't let any mixtures come in. Don't let any strange fire come in. Burn with the fire of His pure love. Burn with the flames of love. The holy flame, the holy burn of love. Be the, be the <laughs> invincible love church that he made you. He made you invincible. Love is invincible. He is love and he conceived you in love. That's what the scripture said. He conceived you in love. He was in love when he made you. He was in love. He He's a God in love. That's why he's invincible. So remain who you are. Invincible. Because you're a love son, you're a love daughter. <laughs> and we have family in love. We have family of love. We have family swimming in love. Come on, swim in love. Drink in love. Intoxicated in love. You're beautiful, you're beautiful. A church that is glorious. He died for that. He died for that. The cross paid the price for to make you pure, holy, clean. Whoa! A glorious church without spot or wrinkles or any other blemish being holy and without a single fault. That's what religion doesn't want you to read. That's from the Living Bible. Without a single. So remain. Don't change a single thing. This is the language of love. Holy is not a promiscuous love. It's a holy love. Don't change a single thing. And the, the today's English, Ephesians 5, 20, 21, 22, 27 says, in order to present you the church to himself in, in, its, in, its, in all its beauty. Beautiful, faultless. I mean, this is too much. This is amazing. I hear the love song of Jesus singing over you, serenading you from the cross. It's costly love. It's not a cheap love. It's costly joy. It's not a cheap joy. It's costly joy. Rejoice with the costliest oil. As he finished what he came to do brilliantly and incorporated all of your ugliness. How many know you're born ugly? It wasn't even your fault. <laughs> I mean, sometimes preachers make us feel like, oh, it wasn't my fault. I was trying to kill you. It wasn't my fault I was born this way. But Jesus came to change me, came to change us. To take the ugliness. The problem, we weren't born in the wrong family. We were born in the ugly Adam's family. That's why we were acting this way. Of course, no wonder. He knows that. He knows that all of your relatives you had. (laughs) 
They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They're all together ooky, the Adams family. The house is a museum, when people come to see them, they really are a scream. The Adams family. Da-da-da-dum. 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 Freedom from the old relatives of Adam family. Freedom! Freedom, 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 freedom! To be connected to the beautiful, beautiful new family of God. Beautiful Jesus family. Come on! Celebrate! 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 Boasting! 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 Boasting, boasting, boasting! Declare! The praises of the king. Declare, 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 declare. Boasting, 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 boasting. The beauty, the beauty. Let the beauty come out. Let the beauty go. Let the beauty come out. Let it come out. Let it come out. out. Let it out. Let all the glory come out. Come on, let all the beauty come out. Let it out. Give it away. 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 Come on, join the global celebration. Celebrating Jesus. Celebrating Jesus. Celebrating Jesus in every nation. Celebrating the sons and the daughters. sons. Come on, beautiful sons. Come on, beautiful daughters. Come on, beauties. Come on, beauties. Holy beauties. Holy and happy. Holy and happy. Holy and happy without a care in the world. I'd like to invite the band to come and help us celebrate if it's okay. We're going to do a, a, a baptism tunnel this year. The first tunnel. Baptism, fresh, baptism of beauty, tunnel of beauty, tunnel of energy, tunnel of joy, tunnel of love. So get ready to be free completely as you enter the tunnel. By the time you go out of the tunnel, no mixtures, 
It's nothing but Jesus, 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 Jesus on you. Nothing but Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. This is a tunnel of Jesus. Pastor would tell us how to do it, but I'm just declaring what's going to happen. You're going to come out feeling washed and pure. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Territory of heaven. You're going to wake up and you see, I'm a territory of heaven. The enemy cannot cross the boundaries because Jesus put his blood over me, over me. And inside me, there's feasting. Okay. Uh, just listen up real quick. Um, I, I want, we got a bunch of people from a lot of other churches, leadership from other churches. I want you all up here because this is also something God's doing through the whole body of Christ. And this is going to be significant in the unity of the body of Christ. That all of us are going through this together. So yeah, Dennis, all you Tracy people, Son- Son- Sonora, Petaluma, awesome. Uh, so it's perfect. 